to the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course all the way to the Cheltenham Festival and we're in the final stretch with our friends at Tony Bet. Um, we are going to do two podcasts. You'll listen to the first one which will cover day one and day two of the Cheltenham Festival 2021 um, and on this podcast I'd like to say Dermot Nolan is back. Hello, Dino. Sorry there. My uh, mute button would not unmute. We're leaving that in. And uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave Weldon is here. How's it going? Good, Dave. Good. Good to have you back. And uh, Mr. Cass is here. Stephen Cass. Hello, everyone. Yep. Only a week to go. Uh, no, very five days to go. Less. Yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, at this point, you know, in a, in a week's time, we'll have, we'll have known all the day one winners and, and a couple from, from day two. So that'd be class. But we need to find them today. That's the plan. Um, so why don't we get stuck into um, our preview of day one and two. Uh, day one gets underway, of course, with the Raw, the famous Raw, which will be virtually enhanced this year on the TV screens because no one will be there. And uh, it's the 120, which is the, uh, the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Dave Weldon, welcome along. You can go first on the Supreme. Lovely. Um, and all that, that fake noise is a lot of nonsense and fucking changing the race times to Oh, that, that all annoyed me. But anyway, we'll get on with, it, on with this. You'll be um, on your couch, Dave. It won't make any difference to you. It will, it will, it will. It'll be different. It won't be the same. I have my whole routine planned around a half one start and it's not the same. Okay. What time is it starting? 120. 120's first race now. Oh, my fucking... My, my life is ruined. I know. It's terrible, Cass. Terrible. <laughs> I'll have to leave work earlier. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, uh, appreciate it is a fair favourite. Six to four. Um, he's probably a bet at that because he's better than the Irish. I can't see Bally Adam really turning around with him. Um, Metier is not good enough. The Tallworth is poor. Soren Glory is only 143. Um, and the Betfair trend is a, is a negative, although he was good in that. Um, I've landed on one at a bit of a price. Um, it ran the same day as Soren Glory at Newbury. Um, it's Gell Road for Nigel. Twiston Davis, um, he beat a horse from Nick, uh, Paul Nichols called Good Ball, and I went back and hand-timed it from three hurdles out, and he was a second and a half quicker, carrying a stone more than Soren Glory was in the Betfair, from three out to the line. He's a 25 to one shot, I think he should probably be half of that, um, now he's only rated 137, so he still has lows to find, but I was just impressed with how he did it that day, he was green, over the third last and second last, he was throwing his head to the right and he was wandering around a bit. But when once Santos and Davis got after him after the last, he quickened away like a good horse. And I think there's probably more to come. And I think he's overestimated it in the place market anyway. Um, I don't think he'd be better than appreciated, but he'll sit second or third. And I think he'll definitely be a hit to Frank. I like that. That's Gowell Road for the Twist and Davis camp. Um, no doubt, Sam. Will be uh, will be jocked up to ride these. Some of these are jocked up, Stephen Cash. Should we take any note of that at this point? I mean, Joshua Moore is jocked up for fifty ball. I know they've got other entries. Mm, I would have thought surely he'll run in the county. Yeah, that is interesting. But the English just jock them up. The Irish don't. Like the Irish won't be jocking anyone up. So that is, you know, and the English do double jock up as well. So that could be a stable thing. 
But look, it's a, you're, if you're not, you'll be back in the mall and I'll run up at this stage, so we can kind of ignore that. That was a really, really good case for Gower Road based on the hand time there. I like that. Uh, and the, I've nothing much to add on this. I've made a case for Bally Adam turning it around. would appreciate it. Just back. Wait, wait, wait. William Hill will pay seven places. Uh, appreciate it might win. Skybet will give you your money back if you lose Maybe back him with that. I'm, I'm not going to make forum cases here. I'm just going to say punt wisely and wait on this because you'll get five, six, seven places with Hills probably on the day. And I like that Gal Road shout, so I'm going to back him with seven places. Uh, and I think Bally Adam has a chance to turn around the form on better ground. Appreciate his times have been really good uh, and have shown that he could act on good. So I think he's the most likely winner. Bally Adam won't be out of the seven for sure. Um, and he could be better on better ground with Gordon's horses uh, coming on. Sorry, yeah, obviously he's moved now to Henry's, but uh, I'm going to back Bally Adam each way, and now I'm going to back Gowl Road each way. I see. I made a case on the preview night, which you can watch on YouTube, of course, the race hour preview night, that um, you could probably back a couple of these against uh, Appreciate, and they would be Blue Lord for me and Bally Adam at the prices. And uh, yeah, I think you collect twice on the place and you could well nick the win. And I think that is the way to play this contest. So that makes a lot of sense. One question for you, Stephen, though, is you're talking about Bally Adam. Has moved yard just a couple of weeks before the Cheltenham Festival. That can't be a positive. I was talking to, I rang Richard O'Brien about this, uh, a friend of mine, trainer, because I wouldn't have a line into many trainers to ask, what do you think about the stable move and how much effect it would have? And he said he thinks like Ruby said about the Melbourne Cup, that they go over and they all run fine. He said adapting, it's not so much adapting to the new yard, but getting out of their rhythm. And it, it, it it's more, he thinks it would affect them more if it happened six weeks before Cheltenham than it would happen in a week, then going down to Henry's, then getting on a boat. He said they nearly won't have had time to unadjust, that they'll still be in there. They, their condition will still be there from the work they've been doing. In six or ten weeks, they'll start to lose their condition from the change. But he said it's 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 like when they go on to the Melbourne Cup. It's a couple of weeks, and they're still holding their form and holding their training. Less of a concern. Uh, okay. That's all I have to add on that. Um, look, everyone read too much into it, and it'll depend horse by horse. Uh, but I don't know what Bally Adams like. I haven't heard. Uh, I have a line on Anvayala and an interesting one. We'll talk about him when we get to that. We will but, indeed. We will. Okay. All right. Demo, I mean, you gave your view on the uh, on the preview night, but summarize. Uh, yeah, just just I can be very quick here because um, I'm even sick of listening to myself at this stage. Um, I think it's it's kind of straightforward enough for me here. I agree with you completely, Dean. Bally Adam and uh, and Blue Lord. But I thought the case there for uh, for Gowell Road there from uh, Dave Weldon was uh, very strong as well. So I'd probably add him into the, the portfolio as well. Appreciate it should be very hard to beat, but just he's never faced uh, quick anything other than soft ground. So it will be interesting to see how he handles it. But he should be hard to beat, but Bally Adam and Blue Lord each way against him. Yeah, and I just want to go on the record as I kind of dismissed the idea that it was definitely going to go elsewhere. Uh, 50 ball will definitely be in my uh, Supreme portfolio if he's turning up here. 33 to 1 with the soaring glory form. I think he can turn that round. That would put him... A lot closer to the top end of the market. Okay, that is the uh, supreme. Uh, and remember, as, as Mr. Cass pointed out, going to be plenty of concessions around. Do check out Tony Bet as well uh, when the race day comes. Why don't we take a look at the Sporting Life article? Um, Dave, I let you go first last time. So, Mr. Cass, you have the job now of, of sorting out Shiskin 
energamine and uh, and telling me if there is any other horses we should think about in this contest no oh, there absolutely is look I, I shishkin and energamine I, I i don't know who's going to win i think shishkin will probably win but it for my punting i don't care uh this I made the point on the podcast we lost to technical issues. This was the dream race to have a bet on because they were betting three places without the favourite. They're still betting three places without Shishkin. There's going to be four or five runners. We're going to have Shishkin and Ergamine, All Mankind, Captain Guinness, maybe Franco de Port, maybe he goes to the marsh. Max, max, five runners. So without Shishkin, that's four runners and they're playing, they're playing three places still. Look, just... Do whatever you want. Back all mankind each way at threes. Back Captain Guinness at 11 to 2 each way without. Back Franco de Port. Uh, and Ergo means the only one without. You probably couldn't back each way. But back the other three. You probably still make money. But the point to make on I, I, the one I really like, um, when on the podcast we lost, he was 12s at the time without. But I still think he's a chance, is Captain Guinness. Uh, you probably laugh at me. He was obviously running a big, big race in the Supreme. And at Leprosound the last day, he close the gap uh, of two lengths between them coming to the th- from the third last to the second last and Rachel was basically trying to jump into the lead at the second last against an ergamine he was going to give an ergamine a right race good ground is going to be massive to him uh, we can talk about the forecast but they're only expecting 10 mils at the moment it's good ground already I don't this could be a quick much quicker than people are anticipating even though we know what the ground is going to be slightly better but it could be verging on really really good ground uh, I think Captain Guinness, Henry Durham has a genius, like he's done it with Size in Europe. He's done it with Put the Kettle on. Size in Europe was 16 to 1 coming into this race. Um, the whole season will have been built around this for Captain Guinness, especially after he had that problem earlier on. They'll only have been building him up and building him up. And I wouldn't put anyone off backing him at uh, 14, 16 to 1 because there's only five runners and you're getting three places. But the without is also a lovely bet. He just has to be one home. And, and you're getting paid on that. But I think he's a good chance of being second or winning. Uh, he's a good horse. Okay, Captain Guinness then in the various different market iterations that are available uh, for the Arkle would be where Mr. Cass is going. And um, Dave, over to you. Um, is this a race you're going to play in, Dave? Um, I've backed Captain Guinness already for it, and, and that's the play. Um, like There's not much between Shishkin and, and Nersby, and prices are probably reflected. They might be a little bit closer on the day. Um, if appreciated maybe wins the Supreme the Mullins bandwagon will, will um, close that gap I, you couldn't back all mankind um, I think it was Mikey Fogarty said on the on the preview the other night that Harry Skelton be riding him with his toes in the orange because we worry about being fired off and to get out of the way as quick as possible um, Captain Guinness like it was a stupid fall the last day he was coming there he was definitely going to have him close the gap anyway from Nace to Leopardstown behind the nerves I mean um, and then better ground again. We'll see that gap closer again. Um, we don't know how Nurjmin is going to react to all mankind. So that's a bit of a negative. Um, and yeah, I can see Captain Guinness running a mighty race here. And um, obviously the negatives are he fell, he was brought down in the Supreme. He pulled up and he's fallen. He's a few letters beside his name. But if he puts it all together and Henry can deliver him right on the day, he's a massive chance. Do you agree with um, Mr. Cast that there's only going to be five, six runners in this? Well, yeah, I, I can't imagine any more. Like, there's, there's 13, what, there's 12 left in at the moment um, and Frank and Port has the marsh. I, I think Gavin say Darvish is probably not going to go. Um, mm. Sky Pirate, I'd imagine, will go to the Grand Annual. Black Bow looks like he's going to the marsh as well. Elder Allen is going for a handicap and Bitter hopefully is going for a handicap. Um, Felix Edge is going back over hurdles. So yeah, there's, it's going to be 
only a few runners in, I'd say. So I'd be playing now while well, you can get the three places and, as Cass said, the three places in the without mark as well. Sounds like sensible advice. The demo? Uh, yeah, it's a no-bet race for me, Dean. I think uh, Shishkin wins it. Um, I think Energy means jumping out to his right. An interesting take on, on Captain Guinness for sure, but just uh, I don't have any big interest in, in backing against the top two here, so I'm happy to just completely sit sit this race out. Yep. Okay. The way I the way I see it is that Shishkin is a fair bit better than Energimin, and they'll need to miss one or two fences, I think, um, to to get beat in this. But the the Captain Guinness angle makes a lot of sense. Just a horse coming in off a fall, um, you know, punting sense makes total punting sense. Can't really argue it. But from the wind side of it, um, I'm not sure he'll get anywhere near a Shishkin. So you need that one out the basis, which makes a lot of sense, and then can definitely beat Energimin because I think that form in Ireland is just not going to match up to the Shiskin form, but it's only one horse. So that's what happens in an arco. Um, all right, why don't we move on then and we will tackle um, the champion hurdle next. Uh, Dave, Honeysuckle, going to go our favourite for a champion hurdle. We wouldn't have said that, I don't think, at the start of the year. And in fact, a couple of times, uh, myself and Dermo have been guilty of cribbing the great mare. Yeah, um, I I struggled this race last night and I was, went through, I drew myself with a pace map and everything trying to figure it out. Um, You've got Goshen, Aspire Tower, Not So Sleepy, Song for Someone, and If For Pleasure Runs Here, Order to Supreme. They're all going to go. So that's five who want, want to go. Then behind them, you'll have Honeysuckle, Abercadabras, Epitant, and Silver Streak hunting up. This is going to be an absolute cracker of a champion hurdle, I think. It's going to be flat out from the word go, and whoever stays on best um, is going to win it and quicken. I worry about Epitan for Honeysuckle because she has a bit more speed, I think, and if she can get a good toe into the race, um, I think she'd be hard to beat. Can't have Sharjah. Um, he's been there, done it. He had his chance last year, and and he was close enough at the last, and Epitan went away from him. Um, Jason the Middleton, I think, has a great chance. I know you two lads grabbed me on WhatsApp for, for saying that we might run ahead of um, Timo Schwer, but even if Timo Schwer ran to 145, He's still absolutely knocked him out of the park, and it was a low one sixty performance for me. So he is a big chance at a big price. My heart is saying Honeysuckle is will win it, um, and I, I I can't I can't really overrule it in my head at the moment. So I think Honeysuckle is the win angle, and I think Jason Milton is is a a price to, to place. Um, if he gets sits in maybe third or fourth, and then try, tries to outstate him up the hill. Okay. Um, I'll tell you a man who's going to agree with you on Jason the Militant. What price did you put everyone on that, Stephen? Um, well, he was, there was, you could have had as much as you want on it, 100 to 1, I'd say, for, for many a month. There there was 80 to 100 I was tipping away on, on, on Betfair. He only came in even from 80, just just the, the week he ran a fairy house. So. Yeah. Yeah, on Betfair anyway. But yeah, with the books, he was 40s and 50s and 66 to 1, non-runner no bet, only the week of the fairy house race. And the stars have aligned now, Stephen, because he's gone and won that fairy house race. He's beat a very solid yardstick, actually very comfortably. And uh, we're, now, we're now totally entitled to take a chance. It's no more of a, of a pipe dream than... Uh, than yeah, yeah. Like, it was, like it, was all, it was all there with Jason the Militant. Like he was running up the arse of Abercadabras and Aspire Tower. Last year, he beat um, Beacon Edge and Andy Dufresne. He's a proper, he's a proper horse. He's a really proper horse. But what, what he did the last day... His jumping was unbelievable. And I, I haven't seen him jump like a champion hurdler before. So he's mm. jumping like a champion hurdler. He doesn't have much to find on form. So he has a chance. But 
I just think this is all set up to see something very special from Honeysuckle. Uh, and I think she could blow them away. And I don't mean that in a blowing it up, throwing out a comment. She could blow them away here in the sense that if ever there was a race set up for her perfectly, this is it. Because as Dave alluded to, they're going to go a million and there's no way they won't go the million because all three of Henry's want it. So they'll all be instructed to basically go as hard as you can, which one will last out. So what's going to happen is they're going to start dropping away, dropping away. And, you know, you can end up with freakish big distances. Like I could see her winning this by 10 lengths because she's just so good, so classy. She has an unbelievable turn of foot, which we saw last year in the Mayor's Hurdle. We've seen it twice at Leopardstown in Champion Hurdles. She is a phenomenal animal. And I fully expect her to win. And I think she could blow them away. And I think it'll be a, a career high. Uh, and you can probably hear my little four-year-old crying in the background there. So I'll leave it at that for the champion hurdle. And I'll put myself on mute for a second. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's great. I, can't, I thought it was my lad crying. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? All of that, not the crying now, is music to my ears as a, as a big Honeysuckle fan. And I kind of feel a little bit sick demo that um we we did take the foot off the pedal in the loving for honeysuckle before the irish champion but what she went and did there was reminded us how um how folly that was because that was a step into a different class of performance that i didn't think she was actually capable of at that minimum two mile trip with um with abacadabras now anyone who's watched the preview night um already uh, or is going to is going to hear your short story about abacadabras having a great chance in this year's champion hurdle yeah, yeah, I won't bore um, anybody. Well, it wasn't boring, it's just it was long. It was, just <laughs> it was long. very long, yeah. Um, Honeysuckle, as I said throughout that, whilst I like Abracadabras from an each-way point of view, um, Honeysuckle is the most likely winner of this race. I'm on her um, thing, but I don't think anyone can beat themselves up too much for taking her on in the Irish Champion Hurdle. That was brand new, really, what she did there. Uh, you know, that even last, right, year's, yeah. last year's Irish Champion, she, she obviously won like a good horse, but she still kind of clambered home from from Darber Star. So it was brand new. As the lad said, the race is completely and utterly set up for her. But I like Dave's uh, pace pace map because I'm thrilled to hear him say that Abercadabras won't be that far away from the pace because I don't think he will be. He'll be four, five, six lengths off it. So I can see Abercadabras just being the one coming late to offer something different. But Honeysuckle takes the absolute world of beating, doesn't she? I think so. I think so. My my concern is, having watched back last year's Champion Hurdle again, which I don't think was was a super race, it did contain a super performance from Epitant. And the way that she can travel with something just in front of her and almost like run into the back of something until she needs to get going is a mild concern for me. But if she hadn't got beat at Kempton behind Silver Streak, I'd be more concerned. And I think now perhaps the chink is there with the jumping. I think Stephen Cass has talked about this before. So my main concern has become Goshen because I think there's freakish performances in that horse. But um, yeah. Can I just make, can I make a point on Epitant? Of course you can. Goshen, I think ground is just such a negative for him. Such a negative. Mm. You know, if it's good ground, he's got such a massive knee action. He wants soft ground. Ground wise, Honeysuckle, after her first win on heavy, Henry said he was really worried about the ground and her first two rules wins were both on good, with good in the description she has a really quick action like she could be better on better ground which is kind of mm. scary how good she could be that's why i think she could put in a 175 performance here but um epitant 
yes, she was terrible uh, at Kempton, but she was also really bad in place at Newcastle. And worryingly, like the way she jumped the first at Newcastle that day, um, she wasn't good over the second. She skewed over the fourth. She was really bad two out again. I think this back issue has been bothering her for longer than just that Kempton run. Uh, the signs were there. And once those issues creep in and jumping, especially a horse that jumps as low as her, I'd be very, very worried about her. Fair enough. Well, it's all pointing one way, right? So Honeysuckle could deliver something even more special than she did in an Irish champion and, and blow this field apart, which would be incredible. What I do know is we are set for a Helter Skelter, uh, all guns blazing race, which is going to be fascinating. And uh, fingers crossed it happens for connections of, of Honeysuckle taking it all on uh, in their stride this year. It's going to be fascinating. The next race we're going to talk about on day one is the National Hunt Chase. Um, it did seem, Stephen, you're the exchange watcher amongst us, um, that the decision had been made about Royal Pagale going to this race and taking on uh, the likes of Galvin. Yeah, I'm kicking myself for not laying Royal Pagale at kind of shade under two to one because you could have just backed him back you know and you nearly would have had a free even money that he wouldn't run but even then he's still five to two now on Betfair to run in the National Hunt Chase I think the ground is the key issue I think they will run him here but uh, I haven't a clue really whether you know I wouldn't be surprised either way when we were on the podcast after he won the last day we said you gotta go Gold Cup but yeah I still feel that way oh yeah I still feel that way too I think Richie doesn't give a shit if he ever wins a, a National Hunt Chase so even if the horse was 20 to one I'd be thinking they should go for the World Cup but yep. uh, maybe they just think he'll be out on his head on the ground and don't forget this is the Tuesday at Cheltenham with the forecast the way it is and the way they water there could be significantly more juice in the ground than there will be on the Friday um, so taking that into account maybe that's what they're going to do but yeah not a race I've, I've any strong opinion in don't, don't have anything to say in it really that's fine that's fine I, I think with um, with Royal Pugail is that when you've got a horse on such a roll as it is, there's no guarantee that's going to be the case next year. And so you only get, sometimes you only get one, one roll of the dice. Dave, well. Yeah, I agree with that, Dean. Um, like, look at Dykes to Coney Gree and even Thistlecrack to a lesser extent. Like, they only really got one season at the top and then they, they've kind of fell away and as novices and whatever. So, um, and it's taken Phoenicia a couple of years now to get Royal to this level. So I think they should definitely roll for the Gold Cup. Look at Vautour. They had one shot with Vautour in those colours. Exactly, yeah. You know, like, you, you don't get it a couple of years with these horses, um, these high-class horses. Most of them are, are fragile and enough animals, so um, they should take them a shot now, I think, um, instead of messing around with this stupid race. Um, but anyway, it has, to be, it has to be won by someone. So, um, Galvin, I, I can't have Galvin. There's nothing to do with the stable change or anything like that. Um, sure, it's only a couple of weeks out, as we were saying earlier on. But... Um, he had a similar prep, I said it before on a podcast, he had a similar prep to the handicap last year and he couldn't get it done. And we bumped him to Imperial Aura, that's fine. Um, Imperial Aura is a good horse. Um, it was masquerading in the handicap. A scary, a scary at 10 is a bit defined, I think. I'm not mad about the trip for him. I would have rather seen him in the ultimate. Um, looks like he's going to go here. The one I kind of landed on was, was Lord Royal um, for William Mullins. It's rare William Mullins only have one runner in this race. Townend, you'd imagine, will ride. Um, it's a price angle as well. He's twelve to one. He's been backed um, a bit over the last couple of days. Once Townend gets on, he's gone at half in price probably. Um, he was just beaten by Mister Hendricks the last day over three miles, and that was by far his best performance. He would have won it at Gorn, I think it was first time up before uh, he fell two out, and it was a stupid fall really. It wasn't a uh, technique or anything like that. He was just a bit big on it and just didn't find the landing gear. Then then ran two mile three, 
which he was never going to be best effective at. He tried to lead and he was just slow. Um, three mile six, I think, was would be his absolute trip. Um, and I think he will take a bit of stopping if he can get around, um, which is a bit of an if and it's going to build into the price. And I think you think he's a good horse. Um, Lord Royal for the National One Chase, I think, is the chance. Okay. chance. Yeah, I think with the with the town end factor playing a part, and uh, yeah, he's bound to be on the board probably by the time this race goes as well. Um, he could be challenging the likes of Galvin for um, the top end of that market. If Royal Pagai goes demo, I said it on the on the preview night. Um, I, th- I think he's pretty much a good thing. One point about um, Galvin and the move to Ian Ferguson is that uh, that's where he was in the past, so he'll uh, he'll know where all the kitchen stuff is, which is what uh, Dave Jennings said on our preview night. Um, Demo, over to you for the national hunt chase. Yeah, I, I don't get the I don't follow the buzz on Royal Pagay at all. I don't believe it. Um, he won a handicap last time, uh, beating you know um, Potter's legend who's rated 135 and was smashed since by Lord de Mayneil. and then. Other than that, he was outpaced early on at Kempton before he came through and won impressively at the end. But like they they won't be going too slow on this, and they certainly won't be going slow in the Gold Cup. I can just see him being being putting his head on good ground, especially um, on a track that he's never ran on before. Uh, Kempton and Haydock are, are are naturally completely different tracks than what Cheltenham is. So I'd be looking to take him on. And just Galvin's been he's been the favourite throughout. This has been his absolute long term aim. Um, when Cullentra aim a horse like this at a race like this long term, it, they kind of tend to know what they're doing with him. And I just think Galvin should should take a lot of stopping. If there was a genuine grade one horse and if Royal Pigade ends up being that, he'll beat Galvin. Galvin's a grade two horse or grade three horse. But if Royal Pigade is not as good as I don't believe he is, I think Galvin uh, will take a lot of stopping here. You're not worried about not running since, when is it, October? And then a flip of yard and, you know, I mean, one run between then and now wouldn't have surely done too much. I mean, they know more than me. Yeah, yeah they just didn't want to. Um, yeah. Like, literally, Gordon straight away after that race when Puppy Power uh, rode him that day was that he, he'd be put away for this. And as David Jennings said, uh, Galvin spends the summers down at Ian Ferguson's and everything else. So, it, it won't be a trip that, that he doesn't know. And again, he's travelled plenty before in the past anyway, so he'll be absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, I just think Galvin is, um, I think he could simply be a better horse than, than Ralph Pagel. Oh ah, yeah, well, I I would, dis- I think we do have a, we do have a great one horse in the race and that's Royal Pagel if it goes, but go to the Gold Cup, roll the dice. Let's see uh, what you can do in that because, you know, there's other races to go for after that. If it doesn't come off. Right, Mr. Cass. We have a few other pretty decent punting affairs on uh, on day one, and I've undersold it there. Uh, fascinating punting affairs probably is the best way to do it. Uh, what about the rest of day one, uh, the likes of the old teamer, et cetera? You, you, the floor is yours. The floor is mine. I'm, I'm confused now with the new layout of the days. Let me pull up Tuesday's card. Uh, the Ultima, I don't think he's going to run. Uh, they're talking about Kim Muir, and I hope they don't. Uh, but hold the note, not sure he's even still in the Ultima. He would have been the one I go for based on his run last year uh, in the Novice no Handicap. No, hold the note. Do you know who I was going to tip when I did the notes? Uh, go for I was going to tip. I said, this fella's a massive price. Can't understand his Cloth cap was going to be my tip. And then he ran oh, last he's weekend. He was so good at the weekend, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, I would have been tipping him in the Ultima and I would have had he a winner. He would have won there. this. Yeah, he yeah, would, he would, yeah, he would. Yeah. Um, so we have the Mayor's Hurdle. Oh, yes, I absolutely really, 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 really Really, really fancy one in the Mare's Hurdle. Uh, I think Concertista, like she's been beating Manila Melody. She was awesome at Chatham last year. That was on really soft ground. She's been running on really soft ground again. 
all winter. Uh, we, you know, she's fine on good ground, but this is a different kettle of fish. I get the vibes off the likes of Ruby when you're listening to them. They don't think of her the way they think of Ellie Mae and Monkfish and all these bankers. I don't don't get that vibe off her at all. This is quite mm. a good mare's hurdle. And I just cannot believe the price of uh, Indefagrable. She, she's 25 to 1. Um, she was second to Dam the Company last year, giving her £5. Then she won the Martin Pipe off top weight, off 145. Like That's serious form. Uh, she has never won right-handed. She's not from five right-handed. So her two runs this season, um, you know, you can you can forgive them. Loves Cheltenham. Two wins, two seconds from four runs. Uh, loves the track. Proper 150 horse. She's not much to find. Proper proper horse. And uh, I think she's a right chance. Yeah, I mean, that the, the idea of 25 is a, a long go. I think 16 is the best in the village now. About oh, is it? Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Still a good price. I think she's going to be 10 to 1 on the day. 16 Rex, is absolutely Rexy fine. Dingle. Yeah, Rexy Dingle's been uh, been dropped up for Paul Webber, I can see. Um, uh, will I keep okay. going on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, of course, the Boodles, so, I think. Uh, yeah, the Boodles, and I really, really like one, and I don't know what she's going to get in. But Joseph has a filly here called uh, Scholastic. So on Quilixias' debut in... Ireland, um, Quilixias beat her 13 lengths uh, and she was miles clear the third. Uh, and there'd be a tw- if they were running, now Quilixias probably going to run the Triumph. If they were right. running here now, there'd be a £26 swing on those terms, which, which wouldn't give her too much to find. But apart from that, she's great form in the autumn on good ground. She was beaten ahead by Longclaw, who's now rated 132. She's rated 121 in Ireland. She's running off 120, 122 here, I think. Uh, she beat Jeff Kidder. Jeff Kidder's mm-hmm. rated 125. Uh, she went and she ran in Dundalk. She bolted up. She's gone up £10. Um, she's up to 84 on the flat. She'll sneak in off bottom weight off about 121. And uh, her form is good. She's a real tidy little small filly. Jumps really well. Good ground's going to be huge for her. She kind of reminds me of Band of Outlaws. She wouldn't be as good ability-wise at him, but she'd be a much, much better jumper than him. Um, She's just on such a handy mark. I think she could have £10 in hand, which will, you know, gives her every right to win the race. And she's 40 to 1. I think she's a massive price. Yeah, big price. I actually like Joey's other one in that. Uh, Drew Dalter. No, Booselton, which is... Um, oh, yes. The one that was yeah, running the much grade. Much shorter price now. This one seemed, you would argue this one would seem to be the first string, but we're not even sure uh, how he might drop them up. But he's Druid's Altar in there as well. I mean, you'd imagine... She might get in, you know. The talk will be about Druid's Altar, but it'll just depend whether she gets in or not. So I think she's number 20... 26 at the moment, Scholastic. 20, uh, yeah, and there's a field at 22. So mm-hmm. it just Entire. depends. Yeah, depends what happens there. Yep. Okay, that's the rest of day one from Stephen. Dave, floor is yours. Three races to attack. Yeah, lovely. I, the Boodles, I thought I had it figured out um, when I back through to tell, but I, I'm more confused now than ever, so I'm going to skip that one. Um, the ultimate, I fancy two on that. Vintage Clouds is now off one four, one four three. Um, was second two years ago in this off one four four. Was third in it last year off one five one. It's had a wind up and ran okay the last day without being great. Um, Sue Smiths weren't in great form. They're in much better form now. I think he's about 33 to one shot. Um, Just the horses for courses angle with him. Um, I think you can make make an easy case for anything at the top of the market in this race, but um, I think it's a better race than it looks um, from just the top of the market. And then there's another one, Gooseman for Tom Taff. I actually emailed Tom Taff um, to see if I could get a 
uh, line on this horse, but got no response, unfortunately. But uh, he two years off for coming back at Limerick and unseat rider at the first there over Christmas and then ran to Dublin Racing Festival and finished sixth behind Off You Go in the big handicap on the Sunday over two and a half miles. His three miles trip was suiting perfectly. Good ground was suiting perfectly. Um, he has good form from a couple of years ago. He's just had a few issues and that. If he goes, I think he's a master chance. He's about a 20 to 1 chance. Um, Gooseman for Tom Taff. That's and, fascinating because no reply from Mr. Taff means I think you might have found. Exactly. Found that, that's what I kind I of like took from it as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go on, quick, Goose quick, man, quick, I like that. quick enough to email me back saying, no, no chance. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, and then in the mares, I actually wrote down on my notes here, right? I wrote last night, mares, no bet, move on, grand. And then I had a quick look at it and I'm after landing on one here. It's a similar line to Cass um, with Indigo We can hear those uh, notes just, anyway, can we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt, a lot I, felt of like, notes. Yeah. I felt like I was reading the notes. <laughs> yeah, there's an awful lot there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the horse finished third in the Martin Pipe last year. Great White Shark. Um, yep. Was spent off 2-1 to one in the Galmoid last time behind Sam's profile, but just hated the heavy ground. Um, I think just ran her just to get a, a run into her. Loves good ground. Won Newmarket last year, the big Sarwich. Um, I think she has a much better chance than her price suggests at 20 to 1. Um, I can't have Constantisa, as Cass said, uh, beating Minella Minnelli up and down the, the park is, is not great form. Um, I think she's there on reputation more so than actual what she's done on the track, Minella Minnelli. Um, so, yeah, great white shark in the mares, I think, is, is a big price. All right. Um, I, I'm with, I'm with. well, I think the consensus here. I'm going to be taking on Constantista for sure. Um, I thought Roxana, uh, Harry Skelton has dropped up now, uh, three to one. I think the form is, uh, is is not really comparable to the rest of them. I think it's much better. I think Roxana's a fair old crack and um, will be pretty tough to beat. One for the team is the one for me and the old team. And Booselton, as I said, in the Boodles. Dermo, the other three races, um, line them up. Yeah, I really like uh, Riviera to tell if she goes for the Boodles. I haven't backed her yet because she has the Mare's Novice um, chance as well. And you you think maybe there there could be a chance that uh, that the Cullinger team might hold her back for Fairy House maybe either as well, you know, because there is a great two there. So it'll be interesting to see what way they go with her. But I, I would love her here in this. That form behind the Devil's Coachman is very strong. Um, yep. In the Ultima, I, he's well found. So I might have a look again in a few days. Sure at this the market. preview night was in that race, Demo. Yeah, you? happy go lucky. And I'm very confident in this horse. I think he ticks, he ticks nearly every trend that there is out there that I could find. The only one is that headgear. So if um, if Kim Bailey really wants to make him an absolute certainty in Cheltenham <laughs> Handicap, uh, he can uh, he can just add a pair of blinkers out or something. But bar that, he ticks nearly every single trend. Uh, the run you lad- can't tip him a 5-1. to 5-1 to one is just... He napped him for the preview night, Stephen. This is his price. big thing. Such a bad price. 6-1. to one And the... Uh, but I was... Uh, <laughs> as I was saying, the, um, the market has has more than found them. So uh, correct, correct, I'll definitely, correct. in the days coming up, pick another one to back that up. But I just think the fact that Happy Go Lucky on that podcast that was and was, was being put up as one of the uh, the horse that could run well in a grade one. He has Cheltenham Festival form. He has Cheltenham uh, form as well over fences, obviously. I think this horse takes an awful lot of stopping. And I'm just hoping now that something else could absolutely smash because obviously favourites in... Handicaps like this are obviously um, hard to back, but I'm on with a while since that the uh, podcast with, uh, with Paddy Aspel, and um, I think Happy Go Lucky takes an awful lot of stopping. And the mayor's hurdle, I've absolutely no opinion on it. Fair what enough. Price, what you know price what? you get, Dermo? 
Happy we were just on about nine to one. It was no, on no, the, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, ca- 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 if, you hate, if you hate that cash, you're gonna hate what I'm gonna nap at the end of this podcast. So just save your views for me there. Is it in a twenty-four well under handicap? And a fellow that it, never has Cheltenham winners is five to one. Now Kim Bailey had one last year. One. Uh, he has <laughs> he has a few Cheltenham winners, but it's about five to one, ninety-two. All right, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some amount of aftertime in from that pod that never was once we come back and do the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what I said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, lads. That was uh, that was day one. We're going to take a very quick break here on the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Tony Bet all the way to the Cheltenham Festival. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at day two. You're listening to the Race Hour Podcast in association with bookmakers.co.uk. Brought to you by Tony Bet. For Cheltenham Festival 2021. Cheltenham 21 on the race out. Brought to you by Tony Beck. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour Cheltenham Festival Preview Podcast. Uh, we're in part one, of course, because we're doing day one and day two in this podcast. It's myself, Dean Ryan, uh, Dermot Nolan, Dave Weldon and Stephen Cass. And of course, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and all the way to the Cheltenham Festival. We're nearly there with, with Tony Bet. First race on day two that we're going to talk about is the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, another grade one. Um, if you were watching our preview night the other night, serious, serious amount of confidence behind Bob Ollinger, but uh, uh, not from Dermot Nolan. He can talk to you about uh, Gallard de Menno shortly. And Braves Man's Game, this is kind of like the Albert Bartlett of last year. I know it's a different race, but we could have these three special animals, all with big, big futures, going at it uh, in the Ballymore. And I, I'm fascinated by this race. Stephen Cass, um, how do you split these three? Or have you split these three? Oh, very easily. There's a God-given certainty in this race. <laughs> a God-given certainty. And his name is Gerard de Menil. That, I, uh, that accent is spot on. That was very good, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> Look, I, do. I felt like he joined us. I felt like he yeah, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, You yeah. can see he's on the Wexford border there anyway, can't you? Yeah, go on, sir. I channeled I Mikey Fogarty to do uh, Jamie Codd there. But <laughs> I... Um, yeah, I have a big question mark about Bob Ollinger here. I think the ground is going to be a big issue. His jump, and I'd be very worried about. Uh, he's very straight backed. Like he doesn't have a nice technique. I I just wonder is there issues with this horse? He's not an electric jumper at all. He's a big, gross, stuffy horse. Like just talk about him. Go back for the Supreme. I couldn't see that. Um, he is I, nine to four in places. For this yeah, race. yeah. Look. Pfft. He he has a chance and he's a really really good horse. But I I just if you've on the visuals I don't like him as much as the other two. Mm-hmm. Brave man's game. Then I can't really get my head around the English form. Like he beat absolutely nothing at Newbury. Um, he's not a great jumper either. He's not a natural. And the the jumping I'm talking about so much because I think Gerard de Menil is an unbelievable jumper of a hurdle. Um, as good as there is out there jumping of a hurdle. Um, like his form is fine. Like we don't really know was he beaten stairs, was he beaten whatever, but he's a very quick horse. Like I wouldn't want to see him going up to, to three. The trip's going to be perfect. Uh, I like Dermot. I think this fella could be a champion hurdle horse. And I just, mm. I, I think he should be clear favorite. I think he should be seven to four. Um, So Gerd de Manil all day for me. I think, I think he's going to take all the beating. Fair enough. He was, he Fair was four to, uh, by the way, uh, at Christmas, uh, not the last day, but at Christmas he was 14 seconds faster than the handicap on the same card. That's unbelievable time. So yep. he he just has it all this fella. And he was okay. eased down, Casp. At the yeah, end, yeah, well. he's he, he's he's just 
I, I think he's I think he's an absolute machine based yeah, on the times, based on his jumping. Uh, he looks special to me. Okay, yeah, I, I think uh, the way I looked at it on the preview night was that like Gallard the Menard has all the speed, Brave Man's game has all the size and scope, and Bob Ollinger somewhere in between the two of them, and and a Ballymore. That's what I went for, but I could be wrong. Dave Weldon. Yeah, uh, I was all over Bob Ollinger, but Cassis and Durham will have to make him uh, good arguments. Don't mind there. them. No, don't no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I usually, I usually don't. You know me, Dave. I, Bob Ollinger is short now. I, like I made the point when we did the preview of the novice hurdles that I thought Bob Ollinger would be the outsider of the tree in this race, and yeah. it's gone the complete opposite way. Um, and I couldn't be back at him at nine to four really. Now, um, if you, they're a punting yard, aren't they? Henry's yeah. yard, they they punt them like they're they a sneak, they're a sneaky punting yard. Like you wouldn't, <laughs> you never get word for a horse from Henry's. Like, but he, like you get Henry, like honeysuckle is smashed every time she runs. Yeah, like, yeah there's, there's loads of them that get smashed. You, you don't need to be a punting yard to know that that one's going to win. A yeah. No, of course, but just even eight foot hard that time. You know, they were just yeah. a lot That's of horses. Manella Man- Man- Indo a couple of times, and yeah, yeah. just smashed. They let like, Manella yeah. Indo go fifty to one though for. Um, for a Cheltenham race. Don't, one. don't they, mention yeah. that race, Dean, for God's sake. Go back to the Ballymore, Dave. Go on. Go they, smashed, uh, they smashed into Jason the Militant as well, the last day. Yeah, you did, know, yeah, giving, yeah. Giving, giving tons away the way. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have much more to add than what uh, Carson Dermot would add, but um, I thought Paul Andrew was the best of these and, and will be the best of these, maybe, on potential. Um, but at the prices now, I, I wouldn't have a bet. I'd probably just say do, do the reverse combination tri-class and you'd probably do, do all right to treat him. I'd be tempted now to to cover Braves Man's game drifting to a decent enough place yeah, because that, that, that well, is yeah. harder to handle. And I think these three have just really, really good horses. Demo, go on. You're one of your main bets of the week is uh, Gayard de Menil. And uh, nothing's changed your mind yet, is it? Apart from the Bob Ollinger support. I don't have to say anything apart from thank you to uh, Stephen Cass and Dave there because uh, my confidence was really rattled from the last night. It was, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, it just really rattled me when David and Mikey just very quickly passed off Gayard de Mayneil, um working there in the yard. Now, thankfully, they've they've passed off a few in the previous nights before as well that, that have gone on to win. So obviously, sure. uh, as uh, as Robert Tyner once uh, once told me before that the uh, the worst judges are our trainers and jockeys and the. Um, but, we get them on the preview night, Demo. Yeah, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, look, I love Gaird Domain uh, for everything that Stephen Cass says. I, like, I have had to rewatch Bob Ollinger's races about four times because I just don't see what everyone else sees with him. Um, and I could well be wrong, but for everything that Stephen said, I, I think he jumps a bit slow. I thought that the performance was good the last day, but Blue Lord pulled the head off himself, and Gabby Nacko was going for a handicap. So, was I like Gabby Nacko for a handicap? I'll go into that. Later on, I'm not sure how strong that form is. Whilst when you look at Gayard Domainil's form from Christmas, like a plethora of them have won from behind, and next time up, he beat decent horses when they were just trying to teach him how to settle. I think Gayard Domainil has a tremendous pace and stays very, very well. And I think that he will take an awful lot of stopping. Dean. All right, all right, three pretty much. Well, no, actually, well though, you're with me. I think with Bowl and Joe, you stick with just, that. Just about Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Bob Ollinger. He, I think why everyone loves Bob Ollinger is, is because he really runs through the line and people love watching the last furlong of a race. <laughs> I, like... wonder as, I wonder as well, Cass, is it that there's fierce snobbery when it comes to the Irish point to points and because Gayard Maynil has come from another pool and I've always wondered that have a lot of these people seen because apparently Bob Ollinger was meant to be unbelievably 
impressive in his point. I've always wondered whether horses like that sometimes, because I haven't heard this much confidence about a horse like Bob Ollinger since, I think, Simon's Day running in the Ballymore all those years ago. Just that this much confidence from yeah. an awful lot of people on a horse coming from a point to point. There's like every jockey seems to be saying about how class this horse is. So clearly I'm not seeing something right anyway. Take note and take the nine to four. No, don't. I don't think the price is that good anymore. But uh, I do think that's the one that will come out on top. But I think all three of them, uh, serious careers ahead. And we're lucky to have them go and get, go to war in the Ballymore. Oh, that rhymed. That was quick. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move, move on from the Ballymore. Let's go to the Brown Advisory. This could be reasonably quick uh, spin through. Um, I'm going to go to Dave Weldon first. Uh, we have Monkfish in here, Dave. I think this is a without market play myself. But, uh, uh, you know, we all love Monkfish, don't we? He's not going to get beaten this. No, I don't think so. Um, and even like now, he's what? He's 8 15 there at one firm. Um, mm-hmm. So he's getting probably to go out his right price. He probably was a bit of value, arguably. Is next destination going to go here? No, he's not going towards the, um, the National Hunt Chase. Now he's going for this. I think so. Nichols was on um, a Betfair podcast uh, that Dave Orton did, and he said if it was better ground, they might actually edge towards the three mile sixer. But then you think that maybe Royal Pagai run and that will make them edge back here. So yeah. I, I'd say he's more likely to run in this. Yeah, like yep. he, he he's a good horse. He's probably the one without um, Monkfish because he, he he's run well twice now. He ran well over hurdles. He's the one Mullins horse that Nichols seems to have figured out um, this year. And he potentially, like he's nine year old now, so he won't have many more days at this level left in him. So this could potentially be his Gold Cup. And Nichols knows what, what the three mile chaser is. He could be the one to chase home Monkfish. Um, but apart from that, it's it's a, it's an average enough race. Like again, this is going to be another one that's going to cut up terribly. There's going to be six seven runners in this. I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not it's Monkfish just to lose. I put up a fiddler on the roof uh, before in a couple of podcasts as a, as one that could hit the frame here. I still think there's more to come from that. And I like the other Tizard one, the big breakaway as well. But I'm not thinking anything is going to beat Monkfish. Stephen Cass. Yeah, I can't, I can't pick a hole in Monkfish. Just can't. And I want to. And I don't like the ones in behind. I think Next Destination is a little slow. And the big breakaway, don't like him. Just, he just doesn't jump well. Very Larry. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say. I think Monkfish will win. I don't like any of them in the without market. Okay. Dicky Diver would be interesting next. Is it? There's definitely loads more to come he's from not, that. He's not running at the festival there. He's definitely not going to go anywhere because I know um, they had him in the national run chase and they couldn't qualify him. So, okay. Skipping. Fair enough. They'll find a national for him somewhere or something like that at some point. All right, then. Why don't we move on then to... Uh, well, what is the, the feature of the day? And uh, Stephen Cass, Chakra and Poursoir is going to go off, I would say, shades of odds on here for this race. And uh, the, the, the fairy tale in me uh, wants Altior to win. But we've talked about that many times. What do you think <laughs> we have, and many times I've told you Altior has absolutely no chance. I know, uh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I yeah, he can't, he can't jump anymore. He's too slow. And uh, I still think that's the case. Shaq and Porcois, like ar- arguably his, his uh, best performance was around Punchestown. Uh, tight turny track like you hear the difference there's going to be a lot of people that wouldn't normally listen to the race hour podcast listening in maybe you know part-time chatting like the difference between the new course and the old course so tuesday wednesday they run on the old course and the old course it's tremor going the other way around like it is just a dog track they're on the turn all the time um it is such a difference uh between that and the new course which is a proper big galloping track so 
tight, turny, twisty track. It looks like it'll suit Jack and Persuad based on his, his run of punches down where he beat Defi Desai. I think it'll be no problem to him. Uh, he was a furlong and a half further than this at Leopardstown, so I don't think he'll have any problem getting up the hill. I think he'll be five, six lengths clear jumping the last anyway. Um, Altior, I give no chance to. Uh, Politolog on the ground and class-wise, I'd give no chance to put the kettle on the ground to be worried as well. Um, I think Rouge Vif is the one that could rattle Shaq and Porsois because he's a front runner and if he gets into a rhythm in front, to, to catch Rouge Vif on good ground uh, is going to be something for Shaq and Porsois to have to worry about, but I do think he'll pick him up. Rouge Vif, his record with good is 2-1-2 one 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 one. Like he's a totally different horse on good ground. He absolutely destroyed Nube Negra, who's eight to one in this last season by seven lengths of Warwick on good ground. Um you can just ignore his runs on bad ground. Like he shouldn't have ran the last day. His record on bad ground is one five one three four two three three four. But he never he doesn't jump out of bad ground. So very, very, very interested in Rouge Vif. He's twenty five to one. Uh hopefully the quicker the better for him. I'd back him each way and I'd back him without, but I think Shaq and Persois will win. Okay. Dave Bowden. Yeah, Sha- Shaqan wins. Um he was very good the last day, I thought. I thought enough went wrong for him to maybe throw in the towel a little bit um in at the Dublin Racing Festival, but he, he won and it was probably his best performance at Leprosound um to date. Um so he wins ten to eleven I think is, is probably good value. Um and, and shade of odds on uh, Altior I can see the angle of Altior because horse for courses and all that and Nicky is a master getting these horses back but like if he was 12 to 1 you could tempt me into backing him each way but he's 13 to 2 second fab um, I couldn't back him at that it's after his uh, Kempton run I agree with uh, Newton Negra and Pavit Log no chance really um, first low probably doesn't have a chance on the ground um, he's heavy he's never run good in the description um, Le- left-handed as well for him. Left-handed, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so Rouge Riff, I completely agree with. I, I'll back him at 20-25s. And Skull Royal, I think he was very good the last day in Newbury. Um, I know he would be champ in, who was jumping back from three months to two. But he, he quickened away nicely from him and did what he had to do. Like There's an argument to make that he should be second fa- 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 favourite. Uh, if I can speak, second favourite. Um given his previous form and race, like he's, he's traced home some good horses and he's good on good ground. Um, I think he has a good chance. Um, Alan King knows champion, champion chasers as well, like 21 and like the two take a swing at two big prices um, into without market in each way. Cause I think there's value in that market at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. A couple of votes then for Rouge Biff. Uh, also school Royale thrown into the mix. Uh, Dermo, will this be a race you're playing in? It will definitely um, put the kettle on each way. As I said on the preview and loads of times before, Jack and Persuas is probably eight to ten lengths clear of these. I just don't like the fact that he hasn't run at Cheltenham. Um, the course is a great point from Stephen Cass as well because I think he he will enjoy that. Um, and <coughs> and the whole points about his finishing effort last time as well was kind of put to bed last time when Paul just hung on to him that that little bit more. So. I think he should have no problems. Put the kettle on each way for me. But the one small concern I have is that she improved dramatically for going to Cheltenham, but she also improved dramatically for the ground being soft. Um, so mm. she has won on good ground, but they were, you know, weakish enough now. Uh, Mare's chases 
in Ireland. So she will handle the ground, but just whether it doesn't leave her run to her absolute best. But she's she will come absolutely alive back at Cheltenham. I think she'll lead for most of it. You could see Czech and Persuade passing her, but the rest of them in behind could be um, could be in all sorts of trouble by that point. So put the kettle on each way just in case Czech and Persuade is one of these horses that just does not like Presbury Park, Dean, which isn't completely out of the question either, you know? Of course, of course. And just, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna wrap on the fairy tale. Like, Altior's record at Cheltenham is one, 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 one. I don't know how many there is. There's lots of them, right? And uh, and he's back at Cheltenham. One last hurrah, please, from Altior. It'd be very hard to see him, though, won't it? How do you mean? Well, like, you have to go back to 2008, really, to fancy him. So it, it, ah, it's be... not that long ago. It's not that long ago at all. <laughs> I, know, um, I know. Yeah, look, look the horse will, will, will never know, owe me anything. And, and that's to say, all racing public, really. So best of luck to them. And if Chakra and Poursois wins well, I think that's that's deserved. Two years younger, that's the time to go and beat Altior, right? Um, okay, rest of day two. Dave, I let Stephen go first on the rest of day one last time, so I'll let you go first on the rest of day two. Um, a few other races to get stuck into here. Likes of the Coral Cup, of course, which you can take a shot at. Uh, the Cross Country Chase and the, the Grand Annual, as well as the Bumper. Yeah, I've nothing for the Bumper, the Cross Country. Um, I think it's poor Cross Country this year. Um, like even Shady Operator was taking it this morning he could have been a bet but he, he's not going now um, the Grand Annual I really fancied him bittered um, he's back with the Fab now which he was 12-1 to lap this time last week so um, they obviously fancy him he was third in the county last year behind St. Roi and, and Aramond that's good form um, their boat rates are going to be higher now and he's off a £3 lower mark than his hurdles um, he's a great chance in the Grand Annual Joseph run him there Joseph please thanks Joseph and yep. uh, in the Carl Cup, I fancy two. Uh, he raised me up for Martin Brazel. Um, he was good the last day when he was drifty in the market, and the talk was that he needed to run. And then Craig Meach for Nicky Henderson. Um, he absolutely bolted up, um, beating Ariba Dirty in a NASCAR handicap. Um, and he's still off 139. There could be bags of potential there with him. And he's only a seven year old going the right way. He's 16 to 1. So there'll be two darts in the Carl Cup. Okay, super duper. Um, it's funny actually, Joseph having a reasonably quiet year um, across the national hunt thing, and I think across the first couple of days, we've given him one or two winners already. Just be Steve careful Cat. that. Be careful that, Dean. Sorry, um, I looked at this before, but he had a quiet time, and then he had loads of horses run well at the Dublin Race Festival. Like mm. he, it's well known that he's not really mad into the national hunt moment. He's more focusing on the flat. So I, I just wonder if he's just targeting the big days with all these horses and just. Um, and yeah. building them up towards that and being a complete target trainer because like he had what he had three of the first four home in the big um chase that away of the C one um Fakir Dairies ran well, Keon Risk ran, ran well and plenty of other horses ran well at Dublin Race Festival. So um it just it, I wouldn't read too much into a stable form. Oh no, it wasn't it was it was more like exactly what you're alluding to. If you remember his old man when he used to train a few jumpers, they just turn up and win and he didn't run them all the time. So that just makes a lot of sense. Um, Stephen Cass, floor is yours on the rest of day two. Um, yeah, fancy quite a few here. Who did Dave tip in the the Carl Cup there? You raised me up, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed. I, I heard what Paddy said about him. Um, the price is going a little bit on him, but that 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 was a really good race. The last day, I think he's a good. Yeah, he's got a good. Trainer said County Hurdle, though, didn't he? Whatever he goes, and he'll have a chance yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because he'd yeah. be a strong stayer at the two miles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the Carl Cup, he shouldn't go for that because the winner of that. There's a difference now between a favourite uh, trained by um, Kim Bailey 
and one that's targeted by by the Elliott yard at a, at a race all season. Like I think the seven to one about Guanwa is still a good price. I was harping on about this fella a few weeks ago uh, as my my bet in the handicaps, but I I, I just think and I don't want to be stupid and say I just think this fella will win. But he has everything going for him. Like he was he was with Nicky before, um, and he ran at Cheltenham. That was on the new course now on a bumper, but he did he did go up the hill very well like he'll be a strong stayer he's going to improve going up and trip Limerick at Christmas he skated in uh, that was a race Espar Dallin won before he's a really good jumper really really good jumper at Nace he gave £7 to Bacasson. Um, he was beaten four and a half lengths Bacasson's rate at 150 so that mm. shows his mark at 149 is thereabouts that was only a spin like that was only a prep for this and he finished in front of Beacon Edge who's won a grade two since uh, brilliant jumper could be could be anything could be a champion hurdle horse 149 looks very very lenient and um i've heard on the grapevine that this is the best handicap chance for for, for the yard uh, i think seven to one is fair enough this fella could go off seven to two so he's won twice with good in the description as well grand one the coral cup still a good price at sevens i'd be interested in see elden as well up and trip if they go for the coral cup he could go county as well but he looks like a horse that wants two and a half to me um, of the rest of the race on the card the bumper uh, everyone's talking about the Irish but there's a really really nice horse uh, in this uh, from the John Joe O'Neill yard um, I was doing my NCT one day and happened to to be watching the race and i couldn't believe this fella he won under a penalty uh and i'm actually i'm struggling to remember his name and i can't get the pressure card pressure sensitive pressure sensitive yes 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 i actually have a tenor on a 300 and i was very excited Woo-hoo. when i saw when i saw him um that he was still entered but if you he was he, he had uh, a, a penalty the last day and was really really good um, that I got so excited about the times then of soft ground and I saw 344 at the time and I was like holy shit this thing's an absolute airplane and that was the actual off time then the time he was, it did on 4 decided. <laughs> but uh, look I just liked the way he did it it was it was a visuals visuals he was very good pressure sensitive he's 33s uh, yeah. pff, god knows like how do you stack up any of that form the English form with the good Irish form uh, I've course. no idea but he's one have a look at the video and make up your own mind pressure sensitive and what's the other race have we the grand annual we do yes love one in this if you go back last year the best handicap run was the handicap where simply the bets beat imperial aura in january and if you watch that race back the horse that jumped over the last the three of them were about 20 lengths clear on the slopes is the name of the horse that jumped with the other two um thereafter he also won two handicaps they're rated about 20 30 pounds higher he's uh rated 140 here having ran in two handicaps this season the first one was when he was fifth to rouge vif in october we know that that was two miles good ground he was second jump in the last and he just got tired that was his first one of the season he was entitled to then he ran poorly at cheltenham in november uh again he was banged there but faded but look that was fair enough he went and he ran the jumpers bumper since it's a prep for this but he's 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 140 this is the second one after wind up um he has that really good handicap form he just looks perfect for a grand annual he'll be able to be up with the van on the grand annual having switched from the new course to the old course is going to be a big thing here because you won't be able to come from the back you won't be able to get around them uh, he's definitely going to be up in the van, could even lead, but he'll be up in the top three. And he has really good handicap form. He's well handicapped on the slopes. Uh, he's around 25 to one. He's a great chance. Yeah, big price set for Chris Gordon in the grand annual. Okay. Um, I liked um, Ella Bell of the English bumper horses. That's the one that got um, the result in the fog, you might remember, 
uh, in a bumper earlier on the season when actually I don't think it won, but it comes in off two wins. That's for Dan Skelton. Um, I'm all over Zanza for the grand annual. Um, that's been well found in the market now, of course. And um, I've no real view on the on the cross-country chase. In the Coral Cup, uh, Botox has has been my selection there. Plenty of money around for it in a minute. And the trainer, uh, very clear, Gary Moore, that they've uh, laid it out for a return crack at this um, at five. And the, with the Cheltenham form in there, I think there's a bit of upside to come off the marker 142. Dermo, uh, spin through the remaining races for me on day two, please. I missed the Coral Cup entries. Was Alert still in? I can have a look now. I'm going to do the races, so... Um... But in the Grand Annual, first of all, I have no opinion on the bumper. I haven't backed a winner of that race, as I said, on the previous night since uh, Silver Concord, and that's a long time ago. So I tend to avoid the races that I'm absolutely brutal on, and that is definitely one of them. Um, chosen Mate, I think it, I think this is a very easy case. I mean, he won this off £9 pounds, uh, higher last or lower last year. The whole season seems to be completely built around this. I can see young Jordan Gameford claiming £7 pounds. now. Obviously, what experience is the big thing around Cheltenham for horse and jockey, but I just think he's so good that he could get away with it here. I presume, um, I presume you'll win a few million if he wins top jockey at Cheltenham, uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, you must. <laughs> Probably, but he's uh, he's he's very, very good. And um, I as as David Jennings was saying, the, the word coming out of that yard has been that he's the best young jockey they've had down there since, since Jack Kennedy. So that is um, high praise. Indeed, and um, Jack Kennedy was very young when he had his first festival winner as well aboard Le Bake, so it's um, it wouldn't be a surprise whatsoever. Um, so of 156, if if young Jordan claims seven, that'll mean that he's only two pounds high, uh, higher than last year, and just that performance last year, he would he would have won it with uh, five or six pounds more on his back. He was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and then the other horse that I really like in the Grand Annual as well, is embittered of 146. That that run in the County Hurdle last year behind St. Wa and Araman was absolutely huge. And he gets in off the exact same weight here in the Grand Annual. I think the, the, the frantic pace like it was in the County Hurdle will suit him an awful lot. And Dean, did uh, did that arc get in? No, well, he's, he's not on the list. He's left in the marsh. Yeah, he, he had a setback, I think, Durham, so I think Ah, uh, very good. That, next week, yeah. that saves me a few quid, so, so I can look again at the Coral Cup. So, Whatever okay, whatever you, preview uh, Nicky was on, he said that Alert, that was the Dicky Diver news as well. He said the two of them don't go to the Fez. Don't go. Fair enough. Okay, Fair perfect, enough. perfect. Okay. Well, Demo, don't worry about sorting out the Coral Cup. It's all done for you. Botox has. Uh, <laughs> pretty straightforward stuff. In fact, that's been smashed in the last day and a half. So everyone obviously watching our preview night. Has, uh, has, has got on, which is fair play to them. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the first uh, podcast of our Cheltenham preview um, with our best bets from day one and day two. You can give me one or two horses or whichever way you want to go about it. Um, Stephen, why don't you go first? Best of day one, best of day two. Best of day one, Honeysuckle. Uh, best yep. of day two, Grand Wah. Grand Wah, okay, yep, fair enough. Uh, Dave Weldon, best of day one, best of day two. Uh, best of day one, Great White Shark in the Mares and then Embittered in the Grand Isle. Okay, Great White Shark and Embittered. Damon Owen. Uh, on day one, it is the um, Cheltenham Champion Hurdle and Cheltenham Gold Cup winning trainer, uh, Kim Bailey's Happy Go Lucky, and an each way <laughs> bet on, um, on Abracadabra. Who's she? Who's she? <laughs> and then on, on day two, it is uh, Gayard Dumenil. Okay. 
Gaia Domenio. Uh, I'm going to go against you with Bob Ollinger on day two and a honeysuckle on day one. It's really straightforward the first two days. It should be no problem. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the first podcast of our Cheltenham preview uh, brought to you on the race hour with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Tony Bet all the way to the Cheltenham Festival. We're in that final stretch. Do join us for the second podcast um, and catch up what we think about day three and day four and watch that preview night of course on YouTube. But for now we'll leave you alone. This episode of The Race Hour was brought to you by Tony Bet, our Cheltenham Festival sponsors for 2021. And whether it's the latest trends or hottest festival tips, don't forget to visit bookmakers.co.uk, where you'll be covered with top-notch insight before and throughout the week. The Cheltenham Festival 21 on The Race Hour, brought to you by Tony Bet.